and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Oh, that's what that is. I also forgot that was t- today. <laughs> How could you forget? Well, I don't, I don't know about y'all. I'm not doing anything to celebrate St. Yeah. Patrick's Day today. Also, I mean, it's even- more Sydney. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's all it's, it's always been St. Patrick's Day. Uh, the even on even in the best of years up here in New York City, St. Patrick's Day is a pretty uh, terrible day to try to go out and be social because there's a lot of uh, well, yeah. roving drunks that are not fun. I, uh, I, well, I I'm not going to go out and be social. We're not going to do that. But um, I have I did laundry yesterday so that my St. Patrick's Day socks would be clean to wear today. Okay. I'm wearing them. My green socks. Mm-hmm. And uh the girls get see that this is the difference. When you have young children <laughs> every holiday, especially this past year, anything to break up the monotony sure. of yeah. the year, <laughs> anything to bring something new. So they are decked out. They are. Uh and then Charlie invented <laughs> a mythology okay um yeah she's been alive for like six and a half years now too so like she knows that this is not a thing you all have ever done we before. have never done any like there is no <laughs> there is no um figure mythical figure associated with like saint patrick's day in the sense that like nobody brings you something right yeah it's no not Easter like santa. santa yeah it's not the easter bunny there's no there's not even a great pumpkin <laughs> Um, but Charlie decided somehow that every year on St. Patrick's Day, we try to catch a leprechaun. <laughs> and okay. I said, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> What? What? <laughs> and she said, well, I've got to build the leprechaun trap. We have ne- this is not from anywhere. I have, we have never talked about this. I have no idea where this came from. And so she spent a lot of time making this leprechaun trap and set it out and put uh, Lucky Charms out as bait. Um, and then inside the box where she wanted to catch a leprechaun, there were like some necklaces that were sparkly and she thought he'll think it's treasure. Mm-hmm. So now I have my and then she said, and then, of course, we have to put out the milk that he'll turn green. What? OK. Yeah, she explained yeah. that to me and said I had to leave out milk to see if he'd use his powers to turn it green. So then I also left out lucky charms that will turn your milk green. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all of this, I don't know where it came from. And I don't know, I mean, I was required to fulfill, I guess, some sort of parental obligation to make something magical happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, I have never, I, so we had to, on the fly, come up with something to, I mean, because that's what, when they went to bed, I was sitting there looking at this leprechaun trap going, well, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta get him a leprechaun. Yeah. Well, that's what, so they were, that's what I asked Charlie before she went to sleep. I said, what are, are you going to be disappointed if you didn't catch a leprechaun in the morning? She said, yes. <laughs> and I said, oh, great. Well, uh, she put all that time into making a trap. What did you think the answer was going to be? <laughs> and I, I, and so she went to sleep. And so we came up with, well, first of all, turning the milk green. That's easy. Sure. That one's easy. Uh, I made it look like the trap went off. Justin got really creative by Charlie had a trap and then her backup trap was she put some like sil- like putty kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's some sort of weird substance that they sell to children these days. This putty stuff down that's sticky and she made a sign next to it that said stand here. Well, she said this is my she said this is my backup trap. It's a good old fashioned stand here. <laughs> No, I've been I've been caught again by the good old fashioned stand here. I've been stand here. <laughs> so I so I made little footprints. It was Justin's idea. I just came up with the way to make them, but mm-hmm. uh, we made little footprints in the putty, mm-hmm. so it looked like he had in fact stood, stood here. here. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing was well, and then we wrote a note. About how, like, we named him Lucky and said, like, oh, what a great trap. You almost got me. Um, And then we came up with, okay, the girls had been asking for these 
mermaid dolls that they really wanted Mm -hmm. and we had bought them sometimes we buy a toy that they really want and then just hide it for an upcoming like if there's a holiday if there's something (laughs) we want to celebrate we were thinking maybe end of school for charlie and that kind of you know like we'll just stick them away in a closet and then we have something for the future for when there is a reason to give them a prize so we had these so the leprechaun said you almost got me and as a reward here's a mermaid (laughs) <laughs> a very benevolent leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> you almost captured me. Let me write you a, a friendly note and leave you a prize. <laughs> but now this is every year. That's yeah. the problem yeah. is like we have established that this happens. That's exactly what I was going to say is my favorite part of this is now Charlie has. I, maybe it was intentional. Maybe she conned you all because I mean. She's been around long enough to be like, I nothing happens on St. Patrick's Day, but now I'm going to make it so something does, so I, I get something out oh, of yeah. it. Yeah, I would not be surprised if I this was be all either. like a like. Oh man, I'm just yeah. going to make mom and dad give me something for saying. I'm going to come up with the. I know there aren't leprechauns. I'm going to come up with this whole thing, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make my parents buy me a present. And of course, then when you told our mom about it, she was like, "Well, I got to do something. What am I going to do?" Because I guess Charlie told mom. I already know you have something great planned, Mimi. <laughs> to which mom said, uh, sure, yeah. Wow, she is smarter than all of you all. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I felt really bad about is I was listening to her on her um, virtual kindergarten <laughs> crew call this morning. And it occurred to me like, oh, she's telling all these kids about this. Mm-hmm. Like all these other kids are going to then look at their parents and say, why didn't, why didn't the leprechaun give me anything? What did I, <laughs> what did I do wrong? <laughs> I, like this is coming. Oh, I know I this. And I, I, thought, me. I need to send out an email to all the parents in her class and be like, I am so sorry that I like, I screwed you all over and I'm really sorry, but it's really Charlie's fault. <laughs> and it was unintentional. <laughs> and I am child, just yeah. so sorry. Yeah. Well, t- 20 years from now, when this is like a thing that all parents have to do across America, they're going to look back in the Wikipedia and, and oh, it's all smarted, started in the McElroy household. Well, Charlie Dale. In- instead of Elf on the Shelf, it'll be the Leprechaun by Charlie McElroy. Oh, like C-O-N. <laughs> like son. Like, yeah, like yeah. C-O-N. Mm. Con. The Leprechaun. Yeah. Oh, man. She's really good at that kind of stuff. Like, she'll even just walk around a store if you're with her and look at stuff and be like, man, I wish I had something like that. That's so cool. And then just look at you. Like, I'm sick, so you're going to look at me and tell me no? <laughs> Cooper hasn't learned that yet. She's a lot more direct. We'll be sitting there in a commercial, come on, and she'll go, I want that! <laughs> <laughs> That's all she knows. It's usually a baby, though. Yeah. Like an, like act- a real an actual baby. baby? Yeah, like an actual baby. Oh, she she asks me all the time if she can have a baby. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> we don't. We don't buy a baby. The, the the toy the baby's playing with. You can have that. You <laughs> that, but not the baby. Don't let her find out you have the ability to to provide her with a, a baby. Oh, we made then she'd it very be so clear. mad. <laughs> we made it very clear. Mommy and daddy can't do that anymore. <laughs> okay. Daddy saw to that. <laughs> Those days are over. <laughs> Two is enough. Uh, so how, um, you know, the great thing, (laughs) here Mm -hmm. I go. The great thing about having our podcast is that we get to say what we want. There's just so many people out there telling you what to say and how to think. And it's just nice to know that like here we can say exactly what we want and be our voice and your voice cougars. Sydney, I have to know, the first time you sat down to do a podcast, was there a part of you that was like, Radio Free Roscoe? That's what I'm doing right now. I'm doing Radio Free Roscoe. I'm Sydney and I'm wondering. (laughs) I have to say, I... As I was watching it, it occurred to me, re-watching it, that this is... This show was deep in my subconscious. Like, it had sunk (laughs) deep into who I am and I don't think I knew that. Like, I don't... It was never on a on a conscious level that I was thinking, hey, podcasts are basically Radio Free Roscoe and now I get mm-hmm. to do one. But like on some level, it's got to be in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's it's got big podcast energy. 
Yes. Yes. BPE. <laughs> like straight out the gate, they're like they sit down. So we're going to talk about Radio Free Roscoe, which was a. Uh, <laughs> right, I should I clarify that. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which was if you haven't seen it, it's a great show. It's only on YouTube. It's the only place I could find it. Yeah. I actually I think I have it on DVD. Probably like some DVDs that we brought bought at a con or something at some yeah. point. <laughs> That somebody burned from watching it on TV. Um, But it's only, that was the only place I could find it. It was a Canadian show for teens, like sort of a la Degrassi. I think it was in that genre, that Mm -hmm. wheelhouse. Um, And it is from 2003. Yes, to 2005. Only two years, four seasons in those two years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I loved it. And it was about three teens who started a radio show. Four teens. I keep saying three. They're four. They're four. I keep picturing the three of them at the table and then Travis, a.k.a. Smog, is in the sound booth. Right. But uh, anyway, from the beginning of this show, when they get this idea and they sit down to do their first episode of Radio Free Roscoe, their radio show, they're like, hey, we're not really sure what this is yet. But we're going to invite you along on this journey as we sort of <laughs> figure it out together. And the whole thing is like, oh, it's your first podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I, I even like the the first episode, or it's, I guess between the first and the second, the the point of like, oh, they didn't really know what to do in their first episode. And then they, in their second one, they try to get too gimmicky and too into their personalities and like too radio jockey. Like, no, that doesn't work either. We have to find a way of being real. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> it's all so podcast. I mean, like it's all of podcast. it, and like all, thinking they're so cool when they're like L- Lily at the end of the first episode is like, "So peace out." <laughs> it's like, did you just say peace out? <laughs> it's it it's so good though. Yeah. And then, uh, I, but I just thought about it. I was like, "This is this is a podcast. This is what." Mm-hmm. And this is this is also in the beginning. It is very much like your first. We, if you have ever tried to make a podcast, <laughs> then you share this. Your first episode, you sound like that. Yeah. And when you listen back to it, you 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 cringe and go, "Did I sound like that? <laughs> Was I really thinking like, hey, ah, uh, this is novel. <laughs> wait, is that is that supposed to end after the first episode?" <laughs> <laughs> I still like I like have this from last week I'm like oh man I, I can't go back there that's, that's bad stuff <laughs> what was I thinking all the way back then what was I thinking yesterday <laughs> well I think you realize which they realize on the show that eventually you have to have some sort of structure mm-hmm. you have to have a topic a theme uh, beats to hit something literally anything man it really is like a podcast yeah just like a bunch of like I don't know. Usually, like, dudes sitting down together, like, let's just, we're so funny. We have so many <laughs> conversations. Let's just make a podcast. Let's record this. People would love to listen to this. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Right? That's, I mean, that is. I know so many people, like, not like anyone in our family. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, other people, like, I have met, like, through school that are like, we should have a podcast. Like, let's just record these conversations we're having right now. But we've all said that. Like, yeah. that's a thing. Like, there's no shade here because no. we've all been there. I mean, that's why, that's how we have a podcast. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I'd like to think that much like the characters on Radio Free Roscoe, we, we learned, we grew, we adapted, um, and made something that by the end of the series, like the entire student body loves and is demanding more of. Mm -hmm. Which is a big differentiator. So while a podcast can be listened to by people other than those that you go to high school with. um, Hopefully only other than those (laughs) that you go to high school with. (laughs) Radio Free Roscoe. So they set up this radio station that only broadcasts like two square miles, right? Right. So... It's just aimed at their high school or like occasionally you'll see people parked in a car 
outside their <laughs> high school with the door open. You know how sometimes you park somewhere and you crank up the radio show you're listening to and you open your door so that other people in the neighborhood can hear the radio show you're listening to? I, yep. That happens a lot. I, I would love just walk by a car on the streets and it's like just, just my, this American life, just like thumping. <laughs> <laughs> just hourglass, just loud. Man, who is bumping cereal right now? <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly like that shot is in there so many times because the only other place that you listen to it is in school um, because they're competing with the school's radio station, Cougar Radio, mm-hmm. which uh, the principal is no man has ever been as invested in anything as Principal Wallen, Waller, 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 Waller is in the Cougar Radio station. Yes. Like, he loves it. I I did think, you know, I remember, like, because there's, like, the villain character that runs. I mean, the principal is sort of an antagonist. And then there's also Kim. the stu- Kim Carlisle, yes. come smile a while. <laughs> so she's the one that runs the student radio station, and she's the voice of Cougar Radio. And they have this, this antagonistic, antagonistic relationship. But I kind of feel bad for her because, like, she's the school news outlet. Like, that's what she does. She reads the lunch menu and, like, says there's going to be a game tonight. And they're like, oh, we need to do something different and alternative. We need to speak for ourselves. <laughs> it's like, she, that's she's literally just updating the bulletins of the school. What did you want her to do? Yeah. I, I think that is one thing I will say. Like, you are absolutely right. And they do a good job in season two of sort of, like rehabilitating that character and giving her more depth and more dimension and then also like addressing the fact that she's really good at what she does and she's high achieving and she's got goals and plans and her whole thing wasn't just to try to tear down whatever the man Mm -hmm. um she's trying to do something with her life and i feel like they they address that a lot better and they that is something that i noticed is an effort to um be critical of the characters Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. your main characters in a way that you don't always see in a teen show where I was thinking of the episode where Lily runs for class president. So her whole thing is there's the girl who has always been class president who's running again for class president and she gives a speech. And in the speech, she does say one of the things I want to do is ban any sort of what does she say? Um, Socially. Uh, oh what is the term she uses she uses a term for basically i don't want anybody you can't do anything that doesn't fit in yeah Mm -hmm. and socially disruptive i don't remember anyway it and as an example she gives like like you can't have pink hair Mm -hmm. and so lily decides to run against her basically on a platform of i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) but you don't either we're all lost. We should all just be ourselves. I'm going to be a class president who doesn't tell you what to do, who doesn't do anything. <laughs> I'm just going to be a class president who tells you to just be yourselves, man. And that's it. And by the end, what she realizes is like, I don't even freaking want to be class president. Yeah. And I also have no plans and I don't <laughs> know what I'm doing. <laughs> and this other girl has clearly devoted her life to being class president. Uh-huh. And so like she's wrong about this freedom of expression issue but she also probably is right about some other things. And maybe she's more complex than I'm making her. Mm-hmm. And it, I thought it was a really like, oh, this is a very thoughtful episode of a teen show, you know? Yeah. In 22 minutes. Yeah. 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 Well, that's that's not the, I mean, that's a consistent theme. I, there is the, the one where uh, they get a hold of a tape of the, of Principal Waller in, back in his own radio DJ days. <laughs> and they play it on RFR, kind of mocking him um, mm-hmm. and outing him as his own, as his old DJ personality. And in response, the principal wants to expose one of them because it's like, well, you exposed me without my permission. Like, I'm going to do the same. And it's kind of like, I didn't expect it to take the turn where Robbie, the question mark, kind of the main character of RFR, he realizes that what he did was wrong, that he shouldn't have done that to the principal who's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. clearly supposed to be the bad guy and apologizes for it and like that's the resolution mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's definitely growth like that because they do i mean they early on they have an entire episode of their i was about to say their podcast but their radio show <laughs> where they just trash that kim carlisle character yeah. which as i'm watching it i'm cringing going 
don't know. That's so mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you don't see that kind of thing, I will say, in kids TV today because it's it's bullying. It's targeted. It's cruel. It's not funny. It's not clever. It's just mean. Um, and so I'm watching it thinking, ugh, ugh, ugh. And like by the end of the not that episode, but there is evolution through the whole season where they realize like this sucks. Mm-hmm. Like this is not cool. Like none of that is fun or cool, um, which you don't see in a lot of kids shows. Yeah. So I and, and it's pretty reflective of the of a lived experience of a teenager, which is some kids are just super mean yeah. Yeah. and cruel. And what you hope is that maybe someday they'll learn mm-hmm. and won't be. Well, that is kind of how you encounter empathy, right? Like you do something to go, oh, wait, that made me feel bad. That's a, I shouldn't do that because that's the bad feeling. <laughs> and then you grow. <laughs> Hopefully. They really do learn those things as the show goes on. Um, it's a, it's really impressive for what they try to do. Uh, I was reading like um, an article talking about it. And what they say is like, they do this to sort of they start this radio show so that they can say what they want and like share their ideas with other people tell other people what they think but what they end up doing a lot of the time is exposing what they think and then having to like critique their own feelings and thoughts and opinions Mm -hmm. in a public forum which is very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but is also i mean it's a metaphor for what you go through when you're a teenager Mm -hmm. You say something stupid and everybody says, why did you just say that? And then you have to like stop and go, why did I say that? Maybe I should rethink that that belief or mm-hmm. that that opinion because maybe it isn't a, a productive one. Canadian TV, man. It goes there. It goes there. Say, like this is the, this came out when when was this? Ed? 2003. Because I feel like this is the time period when we, we pull media from this time period. There's a lot of like, I mean, it was a product of its time. So you have to f- be aware of that. You have to be prepared for a bunch of inappropriate stuff that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. And when I was watching it, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't, outside of like, I remember liking the character Ray. And then on rewatch, I'm like, ah, like he's, he's like flirtatious and like, like you know, interest in girls sometimes is a little creepy and a little cringy, but that's kind of the most offensive thing on the rewatch. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it doesn't have the kind of deeply problematic, com- complete lack of representation that we're used to when we look at stuff from this time period. That is absolutely yeah, true. That's true. Um, I want to talk more about the, the show itself and also a, a funny thing about where it started. But before I do that, <laughs> let's check the group message. So I have uh, a new part of my before I sometimes maybe rarely leave the house routine Mm -hmm. because, you know, you have to do the check for your phone, your keys, your wallet, you know, got to do the little pat down of your pockets, make sure you have it all there maybe check your purse. Um, But there is one more thing I have added before I walk out the door, and that is Birdie. Birdie has become the newest essential addition to my routine, even though. I'm not leaving the house as much as I wish I was. It has become one of the things I always make sure to keep with me every time I leave. Um, Because Birdie is a personal safety alarm that is easy to carry and simple to use. Which is very true, especially for someone like me, who is not the most coordinated. I have found it very simple to figure out and use without any trouble or any difficulty. Uh, And when you activate it, the the alarm emits a loud siren and flashing light to help deter an attack. So... You're in a situation where you feel uncomfortable. I know for me, there are lots of times I'm walking on my college campus alone at night and it's dark outside. Um, so, you know, you got to have something that maybe makes you feel safe in case something were to happen. And it, I, it is very loud. Yes. The girls insisted we try it after right. we got it. Um, yeah. And it is, it, it will get attention. Yes. Yes. I have not had to use it, but I did, I did try it yes. <laughs> when I got it. To well, you see. gotta, you gotta, you gotta try it. it. Yeah. yeah. You gotta see what, what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, it is a very loud alarm. It would definitely b- bring attention to anything you would, you would need to in any sort of situation. And it's no danger to you. So you can feel confident using it. You know, it's not like any other personal safety device that you could, you know, accidentally misuse harm yourself or, with. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Birdie is not like that. And it comes in fun colors, so you'll actually want to carry it. Mine's pink, and it matches my keys and my wallet. So 
it, it goes with everything as well. Um, so mine's my, black. It, ma- it matches my doctor bag. So so there you go. There you, you can go. match it yeah. to all, all your accessories. Uh, so buy your birdie today for a safer tomorrow. Taylor, if our listeners want to check out birdie, what should they do? Well, She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash buffering. That's She's Birdie, spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash buffering for 15% off. So I've already mentioned that I think about my socks. Uh, I like to make sure that my feet are comfortable mm-hmm. and sometimes coordinated. Uh, but one way or another, I devote time and energy to um, making sure I've got comfortable socks on my feet. And Bombas is my go-to uh, to make sure that that happens. They have rethought every little detail of the socks we wear to make them more comfortable. Um, and they are. They are super comfortable. Uh, I have long days on my feet uh, going from one one job to the other, one role of my life to the other. Mm-hmm. And Bomba socks keep me comfortable and cozy and, and feeling good all in all of those situations. Um, but it's more than that. It's more than just comfort for your feet. Because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. And uh, the generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 40 million pairs of socks and counting. So that's a lot of wow. socks. It's a lot of socks. Yeah. And, and I can tell you that is one. I, I work at a, uh, a shelter for uh, persons facing homelessness. And we, uh, we often get that request for socks. Mm-hmm. Socks are a needed item. And so it is a, it's a wonderful thing that Bombas is doing. And um, there's nothing better than putting on a clean, warm pair of socks when you had a, when you know you got a long day ahead, and it's everybody true. deserves that. So Taylor, if our listeners want to get some Bombas, what should they do? Well, you can give a pair when you buy a pair and get twenty percent off your first purchase at bombas.com/buffering. That's b-o-m-b-a-s.com/buffering for twenty percent off your first purchase. Bombas.com/buffering. So one thing I learned as I was reading about Radio Free Osco, which, by the way, I feel like it's unlike, I mean, uh, uh, it's you can't compare it to Degrassi too much because Degrassi is like this teen juggernaut show. Yes. Like it yeah. was on forever, <laughs> multiple reincarnations. And if you want to talk about a show that went there. Degrassi went there. <laughs> Degrassi always went there. Um, and so it, it you can't compare it completely to that. Radio Free Roscoe was only two years, much shorter. Uh, and it seems to have sort of like vanished from a lot of people's like consciousness until you say it out loud. And then there are like 20 people in the room who go, oh, I love that show. <laughs> but nobody talks about it. So it's hard to find like a ton of history about it. You can, but it, it, it's out there, on the inter- out there on the internet. But it's, there aren't as many think pieces, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, it, when it was originally piloted, I guess it was supposed to be, it was filmed and it was supposed to be set in New Jersey oh. in a town called Nutley. And so it was supposed to be called Radio Free Nutley. That's a... I like that name. Oh, I, <laughs> exact opposite reaction. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I, I guess it just, it was never picked up. Nobody liked it. It was not, nobody was going to do anything with it. And so they moved it to Canada, recast it, renamed it, reshot it, and... Was popular for two years. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I know. I thought that was very odd. I would, I would love to find that. Yeah, that pilot. I wonder who was in mm-hmm, that original. Yeah. What if there was someone famous in that original cast? Could, could an original un- <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about. Yeah, um, and it's also interesting to think about how it might have changed the show because I always feel like uh, Canadian shows have done for kids, for teens, have done a better job of tackling tougher issues that require a little more nuance mm-hmm. um, than American teen shows historically have done. I'm not saying that that's a, a rule for every single right. one, but like generally speaking, um, they're, they're willing to like do a, like a slow burn mm-hmm. to get you somewhere in a way that American shows aren't always prepared to do. Yeah. If that's you like, think of adult shows, like Shit's Creek exactly is a great example. Yeah. Yeah. Where it builds to there, but it takes a while. Whereas, like, I feel like American TV is like, we've got to get their attention immediately and yeah. then keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Flashing lights, sparkly things, go, go, go. <laughs> well, it's, I don't know if this is true or not. Or this is just my feeling, but I feel like there's just so much TV, so much American TV that, like, you've got to 
do something to keep people watching your American TV show or else like there's just something else on at that exact same time or that is doing the exact same thing they're going to watch instead. Mm-hmm. Is that like maybe there's just not as much <laughs> is there not as much like oversaturation of of TV in Canada? I mean like you know what I mean? Like that's why well that's why Radio Free Roscoe only lasted 2 years because you're only allowed to have one teen show in Canada and Degrassi, oh, no. you know. Oh, sure. It's always going to win. Only have so, the one. so RFR got two years yeah. and they were like, nope, back to Degrassi and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the, re- the rest of the day, the TV is just blank. Yeah. I, that's true. Uh, no, that's I don't not think what that's I true. meant. I just meant like <laughs> we make a lot of TV here. Yes. Well, and and that doesn't we do we go for a quantity over quality approach sometimes i think that is true i don't know how much i don't know how it compares yeah. to the rate of production of new shows in other countries but we do i will agree go for a quantity over quality approach yes in many things in america sure. I, think, <laughs> I think it's also just i don't know i i really appreciate a show that doesn't have like emotional high stakes constantly or rather, mm-hmm. doesn't invent them because I and I feel like when I watch like Shit's Creek's like you said, great example. But also with RFR, it's like things happen that I'm so used to the formulaic of like American, like you know dramas mm-hmm. that hearing somebody say something bad about you while you're walking up behind them, it's going to be five episodes and your friendship's going to fall apart and you know there there's going to be a horrible fight. And instead mm-hmm. having it resolved with like, hey, I'm sorry. And like, oh, well, you know, that hurt me. But thank you for apologizing. Like the resolution to emotional conflict is far more frequent. And I think that just says something culturally about us. Like, you know, I, I realize how much my brain is expected for very basic, like, misunderstandings to escalate into huge emotional blow ups because of the way that I've seen that portrayed in a lot of television. And it feels like a nice, yeah. safe resting place when I watch shows like this, where people resolve things in normal ways. People ex- understand mm-hmm. that everybody has faults, and sometimes someone's going to let you down or disappoint you. It doesn't have to result in a blow-up that takes an, an entire season to like bring two characters back together. Mm-hmm. That's so true, and it's so true of teen shows especially. Um, and it's interesting you say that, Tay, because you say it, it kind of made you expect that real interactions are going to be that way or like ha- you have that thought. I wonder how much influence that does have, because if you think about it in real life, if you've got a group of, you know, teens hanging out, it is not unusual for a couple of them to date and then break up. And then maybe a couple in that same group now date and like everybody's still kind of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's that's a normal thing. But on TV, that's not on TV. Instead, <laughs> usually on an American teen show, it's going to be like like you said, devastating for everyone involved and the source of huge emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. When a lot of the time when you're that age, I don't know, it feels that way for a day. <laughs> yeah. And then you're you're distracted by something else because you're growing and changing and learning every day. Right. I don't know. I it's I wonder about that, how we frame things versus like this show, which really shows that reality where Lily thinks she's into Travis for a while, but then realizes she really loves Ray. Mm-hmm. And everybody hugs and tells each other they love each other at the end. Yeah. And it's all fine. Well, and it's funny because then you have like our teen programming now, which has taken that to the obvious end where you've got like Riverdale and stuff where people are straight up murdered. (laughs) And everybody has like (laughs) murder and death and all sorts of horrible (laughs) things. Like they just kept raising the bar for the, the drama level. And also at the heart of it all is, is Archie going to be with Betty or Veronica or is Betty going to be with Jughead or what? What's going on there? I, mean, I, I just hope they survive at this point. Yeah. It's, I, I was really, watching it again, I was really impressed with their willingness to talk about the things that people are worried about at that age um, and take them seriously. It really is because like you said, they don't feel the need to just keep upping the ante with like... <laughs> like a murder mystery <laughs> that yeah. they're willing to stick with the stuff that probably would happen, but then give it the gravity that it has at that moment. Mm-hmm. No more, but just the gravity of that moment. I, when Lily decides early in the series to have a day where she hangs out with a girl mm-hmm. and skips out on the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> and like the girl's like, what's her name? Audrey. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. she's like the popular cheerleader girl. 
And like they really could stereotype her very easily and they try and they don't. They pull it back. Like at first you think that's who she is. Like she's just shallow and that's her whole thing. And then they give her more depth. But but anyway, Lily wants to hang out with a girl and try out makeup. Mm-hmm. And immediately Ray starts like saying typical boy things about it. And Lily punches back right away and talks about like, why is it? It's funny, Justin and I had a conversation. He was like, is this really a problem? And I was like, yeah. I said, how is it that every time guys want to hang out, it's like sacred dude time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they need that. Guys need that. I mean, that they need their dude time. Right. And that almost never goes away. Like, that's <laughs> always so important. But when you ask, like, what do you think? What do you think women do when they hang out together? It's like, I don't know. Go get margaritas and complain about your husband's. Go shopping and get, like, mani-pedis. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, like, that's... You get these kind of really offensive, stereotypical... Not that there's anything wrong with that. You can go shopping yeah. and get mani-pedis. You can go drink margaritas and complain about your husband if you Love want. all that stuff. But we get lumped into this really, like, it's trite, it's silly, it's girl. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, guys and bonding. Yeah. And that's what Lily talks about. And I was like, well, that's, that's a very intelligent... Progr- especially in 2003. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's why you have all the posters now, the banners, and in, in various frat houses and dorms that say Saturdays are for the boys. Wait, what? Yeah, that's a very, very common now the phrase in the modern. I hate that. Vernacular. What does that mean? <laughs> what does Saturdays that mean? are for the boys. Why to to bro why did, out why did they together to boy together? That's a whole day. It's for them. We only have to be seven together. In a week. Which means, like, if you're if you're dating a, a boy, mm-mm, not on Saturdays. Saturdays are for the boys to be together. Do I get a day? I, no, that unless you're a boy, <laughs> you can get Saturdays. Well, shoot, <laughs> I must said a curse word there. <laughs> oh, well, I don't think that's a healthy or productive. No, I agree, but it just made me think of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine in a relationship to set time together and time apart i think that's healthy but you know mm-hmm. i don't think i like that, that idea why does it ha- <laughs> why does it have to be gendered that way why can't it just be like saturdays are a great time to hang out with friends that's well, not how as, about that that's not as catchy yeah. <laughs> well i mean like that doesn't fit on a banner <laughs> I don't know. Well, saturdays are a great time to hang out with friends i mean friends are great to spend time in your platonic relationships <laughs> I, I'm not saying I disagree. I'm just envisioning that poster is very funny to me. <laughs> well, that's just, uh, well, I don't like that at all. That feels, look. But, but you know, it's a good comparison because you can imagine if a sorority was like Saturdays for the girls, immediately what everybody would say about it. Like, oh, for the girls. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Drink a white claw and do your nails. I mean, you know. Yeah. Sounds kind of nice. Yeah, <laughs> <I'd be down. laughs> okay. I don't. I don't want to do either of those things, but I have no problem with you if you yeah. do. <laughs> Justin can have the white claw. Yeah, Justin drinks white claws more he, than you. He do. loves white claw. Yeah, I don't no get laws. it, guys. I don't get it. There's beer out there. I don't get it. No um, well, but it is nice. I mean, you know, in in the world of RFR, like that episode is there to kind of point out. You know, that's a good that's a good thing to comment on, but also like that everybody is friends and like yeah lily's a girl you know she's her best friends seem to be this group of dudes like that's not really like a big sticking point in it like she's not like other girls which is kind Mm -hmm. of a cliche character from that time period Mm -hmm. like lily is a full character that's not defined by the fact that she's friends with men yes that's very true yeah i i i am impressed with how well so much of it holds up in that sense where the characters are all full people who not awful people all full you know what i mean they're awful people no no they're they're all like well-rounded they're whole people um who have different interests and ideas and thoughts and then also make mistakes and sometimes do things that are genuinely not nice Mm -hmm. um and have to sometimes atone for those things and, and realize that mistake. Um, when Lily basically, I mean, she doesn't convince Ray to break up with his girlfriend, but she certainly kind of does. 
She she instigates a lot of yeah. how, at least how he does it mm-hmm. is all her quite directly. Um and it's not nice. Mm-mm. None of it is nice. No. Um and it and it is seen as not it is shown as not nice. And like I think that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um that she is she looks like the bad guy in that scene because that is a that's a bad everything yeah. she's suggesting is bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like what you said about them bullying uh um Kim I blank your name, Kim. Kim. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, like usually in shows now, you you see bullying, but it's always the people that are very obviously the bad guys. So that kids are like, oh, only the the mean girls or the bad guys or whatever. Like the mean group of kids, they bully, not the main characters. They're mm-hmm. nice. They would never. But in this show, I mean, the, they're the your protagonists, your main characters that also sometimes are kind of mean or do bad things. But that you see that, which I think is is nice Mm -hmm. it's like what you said they're full people like you can see main characters that make mistakes and do bad things they aren't like the perfect protagonist teen that makes no mistakes you know that i that's true with with lily robbie and ray does travis ever have to evolve or learn or is he just a fully evolved being from the beginning because i'm trying to like (laughs) he's he's sort of an anomaly on the show Yeah, he is. He is. The only time there's like one episode where when he won't date Audrey because he said, I know girls like that. They see a new guy in school. They think he's mysterious because he's quiet. They want to date me. But then what does he say? They find out about my interest in uh, weird Japanese horror movies and (laughs) something else. Yeah. And and they run away immediately. And Lily's like, well, maybe you should stop assuming mm-hmm. like you're so afraid that somebody's going to reject you that you won't even connect with people. Maybe you should stop assuming about people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like she lands a punch there. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess he does have the, the whole like his whole thing is that he's different and he doesn't fall in line with anybody. But to the point that he almost leaves the show because he doesn't want to need anybody's validation. But there is a point in friendship where you actually do care what people think about you. And that's, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, that can be scary, I guess, for somebody that kind of defines themselves as not needing anybody's approval. He, he says that at the end, right before he leaves, he says to Robbie, I made my world big, but you made it small. And I thank you for that. Which, again, who says that on a teen show? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> Jeez. And, and, but I will say he is given that sort of like, he's like the the magic character Mm -hmm. in it right like in a lot of teen shows you get like the it's usually the um manic pixie dream girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) but instead in this you get travis Travis. who like enters and like gets all of these characters to think about like we could speak for ourselves and we could make our own way and then the last scene is like them all doing rfr as travis like walks away nodding and smiling like i've done this i'm back to hong kong now (laughs) and that's what he does he goes back to hong kong (laughs) like good my work here is done (laughs) (laughs) then he just kind of like vanishes slowly disappears he kind of does he just like vanishes as they're continuing their yeah i guess i guess their radio show that makes sense though i mean it was his introduction that started out off and that's you know the end of the show the outro um Mm -hmm. you know one thing i don't think we've talked about which i i mean it's interesting Sid. i'm sure you enjoyed this for the reason that i did but riley i'm curious how you felt about this the aesthetics of the show the deeply 90s grunge alternative, the costuming, mm-hmm. the coffee house they all hang, hang out at, like all of the CDs. I loved that. I kind of miss that. <laughs> Did it make sense to you when they were standing at a rack of CDs listening to headphones <laughs> um, that were plugged in I can, I to can't, the CD rack? Did I can't. that say i it made sense to me because i've had that experience Mm -hmm. but in the sense that i remember in your apartment Mm -hmm. or one of your first houses i remember cd racks you had Mm -hmm. several because it because they're standing in that coffee shop mickey's yeah and there are cds on sale there yeah and they're like like you you could listen to cds in the music store like sometimes they would have headphones there with with like new releases mm-hmm. already playing and you could put them on and push a button and listen to that's, the to the music well cuz you wild. hadn't heard it yet unless yeah. you unless you happened to hear it on the radio 
Now they do mention like MP3s. So like we are at a point in 2003 where obviously like you could hear music other places, but not not always widely or easily. You you had to usually buy the CD to then put it on your MP3 player. Like, you know. Had Napster happened yet? Well, okay. So this was uh, Napster was high school for me. And this was that was like 2004. So that yeah, Napster might have been an early thing. This is right around that time at least. And this is very, very few years before iPhone, iPod. So coming up on that time. Yeah, it's it it, it does have a very nineties aesthetic though. It does. And it, it like where where you all talk about it, like it makes you nostalgic or, or mm-hmm. miss it or whatever. To me it's just like, is this what what would this have been like to experience in real life? Like to me I see it, I'm like, this is this exists in this media and in this fictional world. This is not real. Like it's very weird to me because I've never experienced a a society such as this. See it? Well, it was I the, the the weird thought that I had, especially the I think Mickey's is kind of the home of the nineties aesthetic there. But like uh-huh. what was that there was a music store downtown, was it it wasn't second time around, was it, that sold UCDs? Yeah, because I, I remember going in there and just you couldn't listen to anything. Just looking at the artwork and like mm-hmm. I'd pick a genre that I I knew I I like. Like I'd go to like the the punk section and then just look at the artwork and pick something based on the artwork. And that that was such an essential part of selling music back then. You know, you have so many like iconic '90s album covers, but that's because that was part of the selling mechanism. You know that mm-hmm. all all albums have artwork still when somebody releases a new one, but it's not used in the same way. That that was part of the package. It it is very much a time capsule in that way. Well, the whole idea of like as a teenager, you're turning on the radio. Yeah, which that's what I, I was watching and um. It, it occurred to me like we that used to be the primary activity at a lot of slumber parties I attended was turning on the radio and listening to like a radio show and the music that would come on during the show and then sometimes trying to call in and get a song played on the radio like listening to a radio like no we, I mean we not that we didn't watch movies but like that wasn't we weren't watching TV or movies certainly there weren't right YouTubes or anything YouTubes <laughs> we were Sydney they were not the YouTubes. <laughs> It's 2021. I'm just saying, like, we would listen to a radio show. Also, 88.1 was WMUL, which I always appreciated. Oh, that's the Marshall one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was the Radio Free Roscoe frequency. Mm. On a side note, Justin brought this up as we were watching it last night. There, I don't know what Canadian law is, but in the U.S., that might be illegal what they're doing. Broadcasting over... Mm whatever airway that they don't have a license to do it and they're also playing other people's music over it yeah um you're probably right he said he said i'm not certain but i feel like that's not legal here and uh, now i don't know maybe in canada that's okay i don't know but and i said uh, maybe it has to do with the two square mile radius of their that it's so small yeah maybe Mm -hmm. if it's if it's small enough the rules are different maybe yeah because it's just like for you and your friends I do I do think you wouldn't get off the ground with that now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, please don't try that no. out there. Um, just have a podcast. Just ha- yeah, you can make a podcast. I mean, don't don't play other people's music on there, yeah. but for longer than 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. But um but you can just have a podcast now. Yeah. So there it was. The birthplace of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. The the ancestor mm-hmm. the father i will probably forever ship lily and travis okay that was who i ship but i think it was because i was attracted to them both so much <laughs> okay that makes like sense. i think in my teenage brain that was how that worked like sure. well they should be together and it was because i found them both very attractive <laughs> that makes sense so well thank you both thank you i i enjoyed re-watching that I'd never heard of this show until last week. Now my t-shirt makes sense. Now your t-shirt makes yeah. so much more sense. It, it brought back a lot of good, a lot of the times that we would watch uh, RFR would be on the inn, which was like mm-hmm. the late night Nickelodeon network. And yep. that would be uh, after getting Taco Bell at like one o'clock in the morning. And we'd, we'd watch Degrassi and Radio Free Roscoe and Daria. That was the lineup. It was, it was good. so good. 
It, it's hard to beat that. Honestly, that lineup right there. That, how do you right, beat that? That with the chalupa. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty good. It was the, if you look at like Snick lineups and some of the great ones, that in lineup beat them all. Good. I know I'm talking about things. Riley's looking at me like, I don't understand anything you're saying right now. <laughs> I can remember the concept of, an, of a TV lineup yeah. from my, my youth. Oh my gosh. Wow. Taylor, what's next? All right. Uh, so next is going to be sort of a multimedia choice. Um, I want to talk about Tank Girl, which is both a comic book series. And then there was a movie that people have mixed opinions about but i want to talk a little bit about both because it was definitely a, a very influential uh property on my personal like comic style my just physical style it's just something that i i very much love mm-hmm. all right awesome well that sounds great yeah well thank you both this has been fun thank you listeners i i hope you enjoyed um hearing about the proto podcast <laughs> Um, if you haven't listened, it's or watched Radio Free Roscoe. Listen. Listen. <laughs> That'd be cool if you could actually just get the whole radio show. Yeah, just to listen to the radio show. That would be cool. <laughs> if you took out all the 90s cuts between scenes in there where people are skateboarding mm-hmm. and listening to CDs, the show would probably be 10 minutes long, by the way. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, thank you for listening. <laughs> You should go to MaximumFun.org for lots of podcasts you might enjoy. I don't think Radio Free Roscoe is on there yet, but yes. we'll, we'll keep lobbying for it. What, um, what are those actors doing now? I mean, if they wanted to come back and do a meta RFR podcast, I would love it. <laughs> it was. I You can look them all up. They're all still out there. Well, most of them are still out there doing things, I found. Not yeah. all of them. Some of them, Not all of them sort of have disappeared into the internet, and I don't know where they are, mm-hmm. but... Um, uh, somebody crossed over to Degrassi. I forget who. One of them crossed over to Degrassi. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Makes sense. Uh, they, uh, you can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mine. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I, I am too. too. And I'm Sydney, and I'm wondering. <laughs> I just love that. I didn't know cool alternative identities were an option for podcasts. I wish we would have known that. Uh, okay. By next time, we're introducing ourselves with our new identity. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, folks, it's me, James Arthur M., host of Minority Corner, your home through these bewild times for weekly doses of pop culture, history, news, nerdy stuff, and more through a BIPOC queer and allied lens. That's how you get Joel Schumacher putting nipples on Batman. Yeah. I didn't ask, like, and I say no. this as a gay, I say this as a gay man, didn't ask for it. I don't need to see <laughs> Batman's nipples on his suit. Who is this for? Who is this for? <laughs> I did a bunch of research. I wanted to just know about the history of black people in Argentina. So... Not only did they erase black people from their history, they also started to flip and use it as slurs. We're not done. Like, we're not done with the work that needs to be done. And so stay awake. So join me and some of your new BFFs every Friday here on Maximum Fun to stay informed, empowered, and have some fun. Minority Corner, because together, we're the majority. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.